Hello everyone and welcome to Design Untangled with me, Chris Mears, and at long last, Carl Indarte again. Hello, how are you? Good, um, aside from all the obvious crazy shit that's been going on, as all the listeners are well aware, I'm pretty much on lockdown. Both my kids have got a bit of a cough at the minute, I think it's just a cold, but that means we have to self-isolate for 14 days, mm. so yeah. It's pretty boring, but I think, yeah, everyone is going to be in the same boat very soon, at least in the UK. Obviously, a lot of countries are already a lot further ahead. Yeah, I know. Are you going out for walks and stuff or just completely locked down? Um, We went just for a walk in the park, obviously, keeping a distance from everyone and stuff. But yeah, by and large, you've just got to stay away from everyone at all times. So it's going to be tough times for everyone soon, I think. Very boring. Um. Very isolating as well, hence yeah. the name, I suppose. But well, we can still do this podcast if anyone is listening to something that is not related to coronavirus, so we should stop talking about it. Yeah, we can talk about um, your baby though, because that yeah. is a new development since the last episode. I know, we haven't been very active on the podcast side because of the virus, but also because of the baby. Um, yeah, so I'm a mum now. Which is a big thing. Mm-hmm. He's good. He's growing. He's feeding a lot. And my life has changed so much that I can't even remember what I used to do before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty standard. I'm more interested in uh, burps, poos. Um, mm-hmm. you know. And how are the poos at the minute? Still the rank yellowy yeah. kind of vibe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because... Um, he was very constipated before, so I was like really disappointed when every time I saw a very hard poo. But now I get really happy when I see a soft poo. <laughs> I know. That's my new life. <laughs> just absolutely living the dream, aren't you? <laughs> just going through like thousands of muslins a day because you're getting puked on. Yeah. Just wearing clothes covered in shit and piss because you don't care anymore. It's a good exactly. life. It is a good life. And you can't go out, so it's harder but you know I do need the time indoors with the baby anyway so yeah I mean you're traditionally pretty indoorsy in the early stages of having a baby anyway so exactly so it's not too bad but for me just just being inside the house all day is really bad for my mental health so we'll see (laughs) yeah well we'll try and keep you occupied with a few podcasts and stuff yeah let's do it so today, what are we going to talk about? Design thinking, but again. not as a, yeah, <laughs> again, but not as a kind of what is design thinking, but I guess more where you should apply it and when you shouldn't apply it, when does it work and when doesn't it work? Because, yeah, I don't know, through my career, I've seen a lot of people sort of just slap design thinking processes on top of organizations that have only just heard of UX and it's yeah it's the right kind of thing to introduce people to but not necessarily force them to do I think straight away because you can get a lot of resistance and a lot of confusion and very often you can use other methods to achieve the same goal without having to go through this rigid kind of double diamond sort of process every time. Exactly. I think the problem isn't necessarily that design thinking doesn't work. It's just that it's become this kind of like 
structured kind of like tick the box process where every organization whether they have designers on it in them or not they just say okay we have to start with this then this then this and that and then I think it not not always is going to work in that way sometimes you know you start by just prototyping something very quickly um even though you haven't got much research or sometimes you need to spend more time doing um or, or sometimes you just need to improve a, a product that already exists so there's no point of doing lots of research for it so i think it's is the fact that because it because it became like a structure a step-by-step process and is applied by people who are not necessarily designers sometimes so it you know it kind of makes people um take a process for longer that they should be and also spending more money and spending more time and not necessarily getting into the right outcome um just because they want to follow a process if that makes sense yeah it's about figuring out what the return on investment is on it right if it's a very minor feature you're probably going to cause yourselves more problems by going through some you know big four-week discovery process for something that you can probably just mock up very quickly based on best practice and stuff and just do some quick guerrilla testing um so yeah it's about understanding when is the right time to deploy it i think very often it's when you're looking at those bigger pieces of work where it's a bit more of an unknown problem space um and you need to gather inputs from lots of different kinds of people that's where it really does well but when you're working more on sort of the feature level in a well understood domain you can probably apply bits of it at relevant points but Mm. yeah doing it rigidly just because that's what I don't know who came up with double diamond it was um Stanford yeah Stanford Stanford yeah Yeah, it's not always a case of just going, Stanford said this, loads of people are tweeting about it all the time as like the go-to method to achieve all things design that slap it on and that is the right and only way to approach things. That doesn't really work in my experience in the real world where you've got stakeholders that are maybe a bit more not against design but sceptical of design and you need to prove that you can add value to them and sometimes doing a big long process just for something that's fairly minor is not the best Mm. way to gain their confidence and gain confidence in what design can offer them as an organization yeah that's so true and i mean also like since when i joined the zoo which is this um um google agency that helps organization come up with new uh, product and advertising ideas. Um, the team specializes in applying design thinking to like new briefs. So whether the brief is, as I said, a new product, a new service, or a NAT is the same process. And it's really powerful to have something that a, a framework that you can follow. And I think design thinking is really good at that. Like when you want to take people through a process and you have a framework, you have a structure approach. But Sometimes you realize that perhaps for that particular brief in a particular client, and that happened before I went on maternity leave, that perhaps the research phase or the you know the empathy phase was the most important part of that brief because we were too soon to start like prototyping on the same day or doing testing. So 
it is not the fact that you don't follow the process it's just like zooming in or out of each one of these phases to see to solve the problem that you're trying to solve rather than forcing it through um and just making sure that you have to go through all the process by the end of the day or two days of the workshop so so one example of that is that when we were talking about an advertising idea when you think about the the stage of prototype um to prototype an advertising idea is actually quite difficult people get a bit you know in a workshop environment they get a bit confused like how, how am i going to bring this to life you know because it's more about the tagline and the copy less about the prototype and you know because we force them to let's just like try to do some like paper prototyping etc um I found it really hard and we had to kind of help people through that process and you have to have people who are specialized or you know who are designers or have done this work before but it's not as natural so I think my point is that yes design thinking could be a process that helps solve problems any kind of problems um, but sometimes you need to pick and choose which areas of that process have more relevance to the brief that you're trying to answer yeah definitely and it's about looking at what that process is actually about and the different stages and how you can approach those different stages in different ways and if you even need to do those stages at all I suppose so it's essentially about understanding the problem space exploring a wide variety of different ways you could solve that problem essentially and then honing down on a you know, a smaller set or one single design or whatever that might solve that problem and then testing it right at its core. That is basically what it is. And it might be that you come in, you get a brief and you've actually done loads of previous research or you just have a pretty good understanding of what the user needs are there. So you can maybe fast track that part of the process or do a more streamlined version of it and just get down to some actual designs a lot quicker. So yeah, it's about looking at the objectives of design thinking and mapping that to what you know already and where the project is in that that timeline, just so you're not repeating things that you don't need to. That's true. And it's also like, is there repeating things that you need to? And also the quality of the design as well is something that you need to bear in mind. Like sometimes because you say, oh, this is just a really rough idea, we just like, coming up with this and then you test it and sometimes the quality and the the actual output isn't as great and that's why we sometimes see a lot of products out there that are not necessarily like very good design wise because yes I understand it's about testing and learning quick um, but at the same time you have to make sure that you put outside out a product that kind of makes makes sense especially now in these times like digital is going to be so important like you have to really as a business to if you have digital experiences they need to be you know good and not just necessarily coming you know going live with something that is not as good so because the, the the kind of the iterative approach and then let's just come like the MVP concepts etc I believe in that but I also believe that you have to have some kind of quality in that as well and just being able to to put out there products that make that are good good enough yeah and there's plenty of ways to do pretty high fidelity prototypes quite quickly now which we've spoken about in the past um design systems obviously help you with that as well so yeah 
I think sometimes design thinking can lead to when you're in that kind of explore everything sort of phase, you can just throw a lot of turds out there and they end up, you know, being candidates that you spend quite a lot of time researching and analyzing just to come to the conclusion that they were turds. Mm. And yeah, sometimes it's worth having a smaller set of stronger ideas that you're more confident in and yeah, testing those thoroughly to get a better result. Yeah, rather than coming up with lots of stuff or trying to come up with a product with lots of features and they're all very mediocre. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that's, yeah, that's much better. But yeah, so yeah, design thinking has been for many, many years a way of working. Um, And I think it's good as a framework, as I said before, but you also as a designer need to to use your instinct, you need to also use your knowledge and experience as well to decide, you know, whether or not you have to go through the whole process or you just need to make sure that you do good design, whether you follow a process or not, just make sure that what you're doing is for the right users, solving the right problems with the right quality of design. Yeah, I think one thing it can be useful for is when you're trying to describe design as a and a sort of a function within an organization as well because yeah the double diamond stuff is quite useful as a communication tool to maybe you know sort of the big cheeses in the organization Mm. who maybe aren't familiar with how design works or how it could help improve their products Mm. so it can be useful for that but I think it's important to make it clear that it's not it's not like agile where you just slap it on top of your existing development process and all your prayers are answered which you know can be a criticism of agile sometimes Mm. um but it's more just a way of thinking a way of understanding problems and a way of kind of pushing the right stuff out to customers that's going to land with them yeah exactly i mean it is it is very useful for as you said organizations who don't understand design to look at this and say oh wow this is a process that I understand and I think that's why it was created to be honest because it was created for Mm -hmm. non-designers it wasn't created for designers um at the same time the fact that everyone can apply it doesn't mean that it has to be always the same way yeah um I think that was all we had to say on it really um it's just one of those things that you obviously encounter in your career and I suppose the one of the reasons we wanted to set up this podcast in the first place was just to untangle all the bullshit that goes along with that. And just because it's a trendy thing to talk about or say or do, you need to apply some common sense when you do it. Every organization is not design focused and loves UX and has unlimited design and research budget and resource and stakeholders that are never going to challenge you. So in the real world, a lot of this stuff does have to be applied in a sensible way. So yeah, use it where applicable, read up on it, but don't just mindlessly kind of slap it on top of a process <laughs> that you're doing and expect it to yield great results because you will come up with challenges in a lot of cases. Yeah, true. Mic drop. <laughs> so yeah, so for anyone else that is locked up, um, Hopefully, we'll try and do a few more of these now that we haven't really got anything better to do with our lives. Uh, (laughs) So we'll try and keep you company a little bit. Remember to wash your hands. Don't panic by for no reason at all. Chill the fuck out. 
your bum that can be cleaned by water in the worst case scenario. That's what a <laughs> B-Day is for. Um, it's been used by many countries for many years and that works. Um, <laughs> anything else? Any other important medical advice we should pass on? Yeah, don't buy baby food or baby medicine. This is impossible to find. Like I had to ask um, someone from Boots to find me a carpool, carpool because there wasn't any available because everyone went and bought everything. That's just not, it's not good. Yeah, it's not like walking dead, is it? I hope not. <laughs> Probably will be after like six weeks of being shut inside. I know. A friend of mine said she wore a baseball bat just to protect what? herself. <laughs> <laughs> My God. <laughs> oh, God. It's crazy. But anyway. Yeah, stay safe out there. Don't isolate yourself if you can reach out to people and give them a phone call or whatever do that yeah give us give us ideas of what to talk about if you want to hear anything yeah chat to us we've got no friends so give us a tweet (laughs) at design untangled if you want to discuss anything design related um any ideas topics or you just want to say hello and see what color carla's baby poo is at the moment (laughs) yeah You'd be. I can send you pictures of it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll we'll do a turd blog that will keep people going. All right, All right, cool. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Search and subscribe to Design Untangled using your favorite podcast app, and leave us a review. Follow us on the web at designuntangled.co.uk or on Twitter at designuntangled. Become a better designer with online mentoring at uxmentor.me.